you're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. I'm sorry, Pogues. I'm afraid I don't do that anymore. You don't do what? That's an old life, a podcast host. It sounds so silly now. No, I've I've moved on, my friend. I'm I'm no longer the co-host of a pop culture podcast. I have a family now, a oh. wife and a, and an impossibly old child. It doesn't seem chronologically to be possibly this old, but she sure is. And boy, do I love her! Oh no, she died. Oh, oh no! Wow, this shit. is a shit. Oh my! Oh, the wife too! Oh Jesus! Oh, wow. one arrow shot! I oh, got them both! Oh, got them both! That seems just, just out impossible. of nowhere. Oh shoot! Oh man, I was almost a different person. Oh well. All right. Well, so we watched X Men Apocalypse, which is a movie I sure have got some zeers about. Let me tell you. Yeah, that mentions <laughs> one of many right there at the beginning. I'm sorry. I just missed my wife and children, who, again, I've just introduced, but I will, um, I'll get over it. I mean, canonically, I'll get over it. I mean, I, I, I probably won't even reference it by the time we're into the next episode, or even the end of this episode. I don't even think I'll remember what happened, but... Maybe just a passing, passing... For right now, it sure is sad. Oh, boy. Anyway, I hope emotionally this is a turning point for me. But probably not. Uh, so... <laughs> Somehow, in 2016, the year of our Lord, we were still As making <laughs> X-Men films. And I I couldn't possibly tell you why we were doing it. Um, it seems insane now. What seems even more insane that, that we were still making X-Men movies is that every part of this one felt like they were like, nobody knows anything about the X-Men. We should explain way too much stuff at the cost of the actual plot of this film. Like, uh, it just felt like they, like, when they introduced them going down to Cerebro, there's, like, all these, like, glory shots of it. It's like, yeah, we've seen this in six other movies. I don't care anymore. It's a big dome. It's not impressive. And he also has to, like, do the thing where he, like, shows all the little lights and be like, it's people, and then yeah. these are mutants. And it's these, just crazy. And these are all the people who are currently thinking about buying Doritos. All right, Xavier, we're here on purpose. Uh, this is part of the Xavier School for the Gifted marketing campaign. And these are all the people who thought Die Hard 2 was better than Die Hard 1. <laughs> I'm going to kill them now for obvious reasons. <laughs> There's only three lights, yes. Three stupid lights. <laughs> so, so dumb. <laughs> it made me become Magneto, really. <laughs> I think I'm done with humanity. Um, yeah, I, there is so much retreading, especially the very, the first act of this movie, with the notable exception of sort of this, like, new origin for Magneto to be mad at, at people. Well, um, yeah, I, I don't besides that, besides that, the rest of the, the first act and even the good chunk, actually, honestly, the first half of the movie felt like it wasn't even like new footage just cutting room floor stuff that they stitched together and then and then said and then called up oscar isaac to be i don't know uncomfortable on stage or on film for a while <laughs> yeah I, I really like oscar isaacs 
this is not a good this is not good for him <laughs> this is just i feel like the suit was real uncomfortable and i don't know what the voice they settled on was supposed to be a man half whispering is not the most threatening thing in the world yeah i believe uh i i, I remember him saying something about this uh and he while doing a tour press tour for another film he said that he found uh, filming this 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 movie and being Apocalypse excruciating. <laughs> um, I didn't okay. know what I was. I didn't know what was going to be happening, and that I was going to be encased in glue, latex, and a forty-pound suit. That I was that I had to wear a cooling mechanism at all times. I couldn't move my head ever. It was challenging to emote. <laughs> Just, yeah, most of his emoting is them unpleasant. just using uh, CGI to make his eyes lose their, like the iris. They just go all white, and it's like, yeah, that's that's a that's a film I, technique. I don't. This is. I don't know why they cast him. You know. No. What I couldn't figure out is why is it a person? Like Apocalypse should one hundred percent just be a CGI thing, and somebody yeah. should be voicing it. Like if they wanted to it, mocap Oscar Isaac, sure. But it why should have is been it just a guy in a very stupid looking suit. It's strange. I mean, I don't hate the armor and stuff. You know, it's very. I hate the whole head X-Men. thing. So, but the, the head that, is bad. The it's thing that bug, bugs me is like, don't get me wrong. Apocalypse's comic book outfit is like peak dumb eighties or nineties comic book art. But I love yeah, every minute. Like, he has a belt buckle that is just a gigantic A, in case you didn't know what his name was. Which seems like a weird thing for, like, a mutant who can't die. <laughs> you know? Like, I have to maintain branding. I don't know how... You know, I assume Oscar didn't look up this character in the comics before assigning himself to the film. Because if well, you looked up he... this weird, thin, blue-lipped, blue-lipped monstrosity... You I wonder if he thought the instant. same thing that I did, though. would be like, oh, he's going to be like the Hulk or Thanos. He's not going to be on set. There's just going to be like some guy with like a pole, and everybody's just going to act opposite How tall that, is then... Oscar Isaac? Because he seemed way too short for this role. Uh well, I mean, you know I think I mean? really anybody's. I mean, the whole point is, like, yeah. Apocalypse is supposed to be, like, physically... Like, that was my whole problem with every part of this is Apocalypse is less a villain and more just, like, a story-driving machine. He doesn't really need oh to be God. in the movie. Like, he could be replaced by any generic villain. Nothing he does if is you, specific. If you cut a new cut of this movie and you removed every time Oscar Isaac was on film and just replaced him with like talking off screen at people, it would be the same movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. Is there's like, it, it's really weird because they barely play up and they don't even do it well. Like, you know, I mean, as a, as a kid who loved nineties X-Men cartoon, which made trying to read nineties X-Men comics, which were near impossible to read and understand. I loved it. And, like, you get, you know, Apocalypse is, like, survival of the fittest. They, like, sort of gloss it. That was the other thing that I thought was insane is there's so many just, like, boring side stories going on that serve no purpose whatsoever that Apocalypse, it sort of felt like Winter Soldier, where, like, it's really not a movie about the Winter Soldier. It's about Hydra. This just felt like they were like, well, all this other stuff is happening. And in the center, there's this guy they'll kill at the end. And that'll be it. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, oh, he absolutely. Serves, he serves no purpose whatsoever. They never really, they never explain any part of his character. Like they're yeah. like, oh, he keeps transferring his conscience to other people's body, and that lets him maintain all of the mutant powers. It's like your conscience doesn't have mutant powers. You know what I mean? Like if he went to a new body, he would just have the powers of the new body. 
they also do a cardinal sin when you're doing an X-Men movie. Everyone fucking likes to see X-Men have a discrete power set and use it in an interesting way. Everyone fucking loves it when Magneto pulled all the iron out of that guy's fucking body and then, like, threw it around until he got out of his glass cell and, and walked on metal discs. It, it just, everyone's fucking horny for it, and it's fantastic. That's what these movies are, like, good at. So to make your villain this <laughs> intangible, like, rubbery blob whose power whose, set whose is... powers just seem to be whatever they needed. Whatever! Yeah, it, it, I mean, I, I, apparently he can turn people into dust, including an entire city. But well, when he could apparently I, control anything that has metal metal or like rock in it he can make it swallow people he can make it turn into a blade and cut people's heads off and then he, he can apparently in it like half of a city yeah and apparently he's telekinetic because he can sort of like telekinetic through charles into cerebro which is just what is happening there Tele- is he pos- is Wait, he possessing telepathic yeah right because when you move stuff with your mind is he possessing magneto that's, who is in that, turn that, possessing charles who they is never turn... explain that they like, never explain what? um he's got like a pa- like a force field orb around him at some point he can also he... apparently teleport he could teleport uh he can he also can... make mutants stronger than they already were they don't explain yeah, that yeah he can he can amp powers he can fly i think at some point maybe i forget it's hard to remember yeah, I it, think and that so, yeah. sucks. That sucks so much. He Everyone can build just wants an alien, to see an alien pyramid, which allows him to make this transference machine, which just thinks, boy, I don't know. If you can make an alien tech pyramid, I feel like you didn't need anyone else. Like, why aren't you just destroying every city? If you can just dissolve them, what do you need Magneto for? You just turned half of a I city don't... into a pyramid in one and a half minutes. What did you need Magneto for? Also, I, every se- every second of a fight with the X Men that you aren't turning them to dust is you failing. Or, yeah, or using a, a, a like a dust to cut someone's head off, which he does effortlessly in the other parts of the movie. It's it would very be like, like it would the, be like a, if Superman decided that it, to fight the villains, he had to like pick up like a bat and hit people with it. And I'm like, no bat, no no, no Superman, you've got laser eyes and frost breath and flight yeah, and super speed. Like use awesome. use any of them. <laughs> It's often the issue with, like, the villains in, like, fantasy or, like, sci-fi or or superhero movies is they want to show their badass. So they make them do something really cool in the beginning that's like, oh, my God, they just killed eight people. And then when they fight somebody, they just get into a regular fist fight. And you're like, remember when you had all those powers in the beginning of the movie? (laughs) Like, why aren't you using that death dust you had? Because I feel like that could wrap this thing up super quick. Guys, did you see Kylo Ren catch a blaster bolt midair? I can't wait for... Oh, he got... He got trounced by someone who picked up a lightsaber yesterday. Oh shit! Uh, like I know it's it's always a problem, right? When yeah, yeah when you try to when you try to overflex a villain too early on, it, and then only to, only to realize later, oh fuck, he's got to fight someone. <laughs> and like I also feel like the you know like I, I felt like the idea was with the Magneto was like they were like we don't want Magneto to have to team up to save the day, sort of like he did in Days of Future Past. We don't want that to happen. Because we already did that. So let's do the thing we've already done nine other times, which is Magneto decides everyone should die. And it's very confusing. Like Only only to later on with no motivation. Very just little, yeah. Change his mind. Which is fucking well, insane. The thing that's insane is so Apocalypse's plan is this. He wants Magneto to basically destroy all civilization, and whoever lives is the strongest. And they'll they'll be with Apocalypse and he'll create a new world. So Magneto is basically like, yes, 
I am okay with the genocide of every living being, including children who have done nothing to me and other mutants. Yeah, because other somebody mutants killed is an my important wife point and there. I get like he's mad about his wife and daughter dying, but it's like, how would you just go from that to be like, yes, I should become the greatest man. You know what I mean? Like it's you don't go from like, oh man, I'm really mad to being like, I should kill every living person alive. That that will make up for these two. More people importantly, who, died, who would definitely say don't kill every living person on earth if they were still you know what i mean like it, yeah that's my problem with the whole thing is the death of his family is completely unearned because they just introduced them and like the second you they introduced him you're like well those two are going to be dead in like less than 10 minutes because they got to get evil magneto back but it felt like that was again just like a failure of this the movie like wouldn't it have been more interesting if they tried to recruit magneto and he was like no i won't help you fight this new ant like that's you know, I'm I'm done being involved. I'm just gonna live my life with my you know. And then he shows up at the end because he realizes it's threatening his his wife and his daughter. You know what I mean? Like something to just be different than just Magneto's a bad guy. Just kidding. He's doing the right thing. Which and, you know, and it's to, like and the to be clear, time. who cares? You, a character shouldn't, by all laws of narrative, go all the way to genocide. <laughs> Yes. In, in, in an instant, with almost no justification, not just, like, genocide of, like, the people that harmed him, which was the justification, like we said, for old Magneto's turn, because, like, humanity yes, put like, him through Ma the Holocaust uh, yeah. and all that stuff. But but now it's all, all, all living creatures die. In, including I children. I, like, that's the thing is, yeah. it's, like, it's not like Magneto's going after a group of people who have wronged him. He's just killing indiscriminately, including children who he would view as innocent. You know what I mean? Like, right. He, but, and that's that's one of the problems I've always had with, like, they make Magneto do all this stuff, and it's like, he lived through the Holocaust. His reaction to things would be so different, because he would, he would be like, I saw the worst thing that could happen. I'm not going to then do that myself. Like, I don't think that's a reaction somebody who made it through the Holocaust would have would be like, boy, I would love to do... You know what I mean? Like, even as, like, punishment for people, you would be like, I don't want to... That's still pretty horrifying what they did. And that's always... But, like, even in the first X-Men, the plot of that one makes sense. He wants to turn everyone into a mutant so that there's no more... You know, that nobody will hate mutants because everybody's a mutant. And it's like, that's... It's evil only because the X-Men know that it doesn't work and everybody's going to die. He doesn't know that. He thinks it works. You know what I mean? And then I think they right. tell him, and he's just like, well, whatever. But, um, but you know what I mean and that's what's like interesting is like that one makes sense the second one I don't even remember who the bad guy in the second one is is it still Magneto I it's 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 so hard to tell but but the other sort of thing I wanted to say was was that not only can uh, sh should a character not oscillate to genocidal maniac with with the slightest bump of their character but also <laughs> they shouldn't be they shouldn't quickly oscillate back or be allowed to like a, a fathom yeah. a film a fathom a film in which a successful world war ii hitler was something like i don't know guys maybe we went too far <laughs> yeah he joins the allies at the very end you're like well all's forgiven <laughs> that's not how it works you joined <laughs> you joined genocide and helped commit it you're not just cool yeah, now <laughs> honestly, there's a there's a shot they show which i assume was like guest directed by roland emmerich where they like show like several like <laughs> national monuments being destroyed because we haven't seen that enough yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah at least bare minimum 10 10 000 people died worldwide i would say more conservatively 
at least one to five million people were killed by buildings collapsing while they were inside of them, the bridges they were on being destroyed, planes probably being sucked out of the air with no way to right themselves once he stopped. Like, he killed tons of people there. And I get that he, like, changed his mind, but it's like, those people are all still dead. Like, you can't unring that bell, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I and it can't... Is very, and that's the way this movie feels, though, is, like, the stakes are just whatevs. What's fucking insane is to, posi- is, is to posit that this all happened in 1980, like, 83 or whatever. Yeah. And that, like, and that like by the time we get to the X-Men, for, X-Men 1, which takes place, I assume, at the time it was made, which would be, like, you know the 2000s uh to some degree like everyone's just like ah mutants they sure are uh sure are a curious bunch it's like and i don't that's... know do you, do you guys remember the world the world ender that they brought about like twice <laughs> and that's, twice. that's sort of the thing that really bothers me is they keep trying to tie it into the like already existing x-men movies and it's like you super confusing because timeline it doesn't make any sense i, I remember you guys finding nightcrawler for the first time yes. in in like x-men 2 or whatever yeah. like i remember you guys being like a guy can teleport crazy right gene she's like sure is crazy never heard of that before you know I <laughs> yeah and it's it's very and like you said it, it makes zero sense like because then it feels like in the first x-men movie yes people should be afraid of mutants one of them tried to destroy literally the entire planet you like, know it I mean? makes, it's not like it he makes... was robbing banks and you're like, I'm going to blame all mutants. This motherfucker got a group of mutants together and they were all like, yes, let's genocide that all was... living beings. That is like MCU snap level destruction was what takes place or what is about to take place. Yes. Where we're like, like, like they, they destroy global cities and they they they, they, demo- they literally would, would set the world into a tailspin of collapse. Even after they, they destroyed yeah, yeah. The I mean, like that is like, an, especially in the eighties, like that's an insurmountable, like the amount of destruction caused. Trade routes destroyed, oil reserves destroyed. You know, uh, uh, governments taking advantage of other weakened countries to invade. It would be an absolute. Oh yeah, especially during the Cold War, and like, the, the fact that they nightmare. know there's no mad. You know, what I mean, there's no mutually assured destruction. It's Russia would be like, yes, let's go. You know, and <laughs> it's, it's like insane. he's he just led to a much worse world than they already lived in. But but when we get to 2001, everyone's just like, mutants, you can't be in high school. Get out yeah. of here. <laughs> yeah, and they're just now being like, maybe we should start a program to, you know, arrest these mutants. It, it's very weird, because, like, the whole point, you know, sort of like the early X-Men comics is, is like, oh, a, God. A, a few bad seeds of mutants do commit crimes, like crime crime, like normal crime, perhaps murder. But, like, theft and stuff. And everybody's like, all mutants are evil and we need to get rid of them. It, you know, it's supposed to be sort of an analogy for racism. Where, like, one group, like, one person from a group does something and you label the entire group. But just prejudice in, in general. This is, like, repeatedly this group of people is every, like, six years trying to kill the president. Trying to destroy the world. Yeah, trying to it, create, like, mega weapons. It's like, yeah, eventually people are going to be like... I, I, want to be prejudiced but i feel like we gotta do something yeah. the <laughs> nine ch- chances the movies just justify the 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 the, the phobia around mutants <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> hey hey you remember when you remember when egypt was was decimated and its population was wiped out by oh, an yeah, ancient that's... god mutant who could just sort of snap his fingers that, <laughs> like, that's another thing 
Uh, probably like forty thousand people died in Egypt when he destroyed every yeah. building in like a block, like a huge, like six block radius. All those people are dead. Like, it's, I mean, it's so it, weird it, to me. They specifically show him like assimilating like buildings and cars, but people were into those things. Yeah, they show a couple of them running away, and I was like, don't think that's gonna really fix no, that. No, 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 not gonna fix that. And it's it's bizarre because you know people liked uh, people liked X Men First Class a lot, and I could see why retrospectively mm-hmm. because a it was new and interesting. Um, they were because it was like a more vibrant fashion era. They were able to oscillate into using some of the um, the more OG costumes, which was fun, and like seeing like recasts like uh, characters we're, we're, like Xavier getting, who are like, older. We're getting new uh, like characters. You know what I mean? Like yeah, new characters. Moves. But also, the events of First Class was pretty cover-upable. You know, like, like, like there was, like, an exchange in, like, the, like the middle of the Pacific with the mutants and, like, the CIA and stuff. That was, you could, you could say in the next movie, oh, the CIA and whatever governments are covering that up. Like that that's believable. When, when they stormed the White House lawn and like On television. <laughs> on television and Magneto, I guess, slips away. <laughs> You're like, um, well, I yeah. guess maybe you know, you could probably play the angle they, they play here, which is that there was one wild mutant, Magneto, and another mutant stepped up and and helped defend America, and for that way there are sort of mixed opinions. But but it doesn't make sense why Magneto got away, and and then when he gets to Apocalypse, it's like Charles Xavier is is talking into everyone's heads and being like, "I'm gonna burn you all yeah. to death." It's his voice. It's not Apocalypse's, which I thought was an interesting choice. I, I'm going to melt everyone on planet Earth and destroy every object, every piece of metal. The ground itself is gonna be torn asunder, and we're going to bring apart bring apart the end of the conceivable world. We've also stolen all the nuclear weapons and thrown them into space. And we have full control and autonomy over the natural systems of this planet. Um, and we are going to use that power to decimate the population uh, to the, to our greatest extent. And then later on, it'd be like, just Xavier like showing up at the White House, be like, hey everyone, sorry that last weekend was crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, yeah, it's it's very, I don't know. It's, anyway, it's just... I just want to remind everyone that we are just like you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. I don't know. It, the whole thing is is very, very confusing. And then, the I, I don't know. It just feels like they've run out of ideas. You know what I mean? And th- this movie yeah. really, I, there's to... just so many confusing plot points to it. I want to say, to address another thing we said a minute ago, is that, you know, it, it could almost be forgiven that they can't be expected to do interesting things in the shadow of movies that came out in the early 2000s when it was still, like, superhero movies were still an undiscovered medium to some degree. It, it's understandable that they it would be difficult to, like, never do Nightcrawler again because he's not supposed to show up until the 2000s, you know? Yeah, I... I, I can accept that. The problem is, is that there are still an immeasurable amount of potholes, ju- plot holes, just between this movie and the last one. Well, I mean, uh, this this movie truly has zero plot. It, it, it's not a movie. It doesn't right. need to be a movie. It shouldn't have been a movie. There's just nothing in it. Like, the movie starts and ends pretty much the same way. Like, there's really, other than the fact that Mystique now lives at the manor again... That's it. 
there's really not that much difference you know what i mean and it's just so weird and then like i there's so much of this movie like the thing is that, that drove me insane is when they're like all right we're gonna reintroduce nightcrawler and you're like oh that's story and i like an angel and you're like well some of these characters were in the first x-men movie or the second x-men movie or the third x-men movie how are you going to explain that if they're supposed to be in the same universe and the thing that's weird is it's not like there's only 10 x-men you know what i mean there's like one billion mutant character like the x-men the reason it's so hard to read sometimes is like you go back and you're like i don't know who any of these people are like i i read this six months ago it's an entirely different team so there was no reason to reuse you know what i mean like why couldn't they have put in any new mutants there's so many mutants why couldn't oh. they have picked any of them they they even introduced jubilee and then they're like get the fuck out like, we're not using you, you why did you put her in here if you're not gonna use her it's you're so gonna hang weird. out you're gonna hang out with the protagonist and then then <clears throat> uh we're gonna break for lunch that's it <laughs> yeah um and but pokes there are new mutants um just ones that are insufferable uh i need to stay something which is that uh shifts into a new era of criticism um there are some bad performances in this movie yeah there's there's one performance which to me is so bad that it it just like like, because a lot of the people are not good and not to be mean to them a lot of them are young actors the the main is very bad and was in like a very popular tv show for years now let's just go ahead and say it it's jean gray yeah I sophie mean, turner she she is she's nothing in this movie at, she at one point is i was fairly certain they were like you know like coverage where like uh-huh. when two people are talking they film the one person reacting in case they want to cut to it and then that person just like sort of says their dialogue they don't really they usually don't act it they just read it so the other person can read like emote their dialogue it felt like they used all of her coverage shots of her just dry at one point when she helps wolverine she's like i helped him find a piece of himself and set him free it was like what yeah. the fuck and the i just couldn't believe that the director watching that was like mm, i kept writing down i kept writing down her lines because they were all bad yeah. the dialogue was bad and her delivery was bad and, and and usually i tie one to the other like oh the lines are bad what could you expect but like her delivery like you said is so like coverage or or doesn't want to be there yeah, or it just seems just like she did not care ill that day like there's a scene where she sort of like when she's having her like nightmare and she kind of gets up and her first line is oh i could feel the end of the world yeah oh god that's the one that that's what made it onto film that (laughs) most of the time she looks like she's been sedated like when they cut to her she just has this blank stare like she woke up and she was on the set of a movie and somebody just handed her lines and she's just reading them because she doesn't know what's going on you know she's like well i'm an actress i guess as as a as a person with premonitions or or the ability to sort of like see the insides of people's heads it's not a precise thing so, like, if your character is that kind of powered character and they see a premonition of the end of the world, they don't sit up and say, I saw a man named Apocalypse do do end of world and it was bad. You know what I mean? They sit up and, like, through gasping breath, they describe, you know, a winged angel <laughs> with with metal wings, or, yeah, like, or, burning or, cities. Or, they, 
They describe the things you see, which is, A, more interesting to listen to, more terrifying, and more accurate to that kind of thing. Same with Logan. When she senses Logan in that cage, her response is, it's a man who's been trained to be a weapon. Yeah. He's like a weapon now. No! You say, there's there's a person in there. Oh my god, his mind is just filled with rage and anger. He's been... Like a caged animal. Like you talk, you talk in the abstract because that is what your character works with. You don't open a head and like read out a Wikipedia entry. Well, even it's, if, it's even so if you bizarre, did that, it would be fine if she had had any emotion when she delivered any yeah, line. Yeah, that whatsoever. that as well. She, she flat reads it. So if she had been like, "No, it's a man," but he thinks he's a weapon. You know, like that's not a good line. But at least give me like have some she basically just reads every line with no like emotion at all no stage direction like as if she's just ordering food at a drive-thru it it was so bizarre i have like seven notes where i'm just like is something wrong with sophie turner like you know it's somebody should have asked her to blink several times if she needed help because like she seems out of it and like she doesn't want to be there and it's just so and she's surrounded by also not great actors who are, you know, young. I, the Scott guy is not a good actor. Uh, Nightcrawler just sort of yells everything and over-emotes with his face. Oh, yeah. So he's not great either. Jennifer Lawrence is definitely mailing it in. Uh, so is, uh, I, what's his name? Scott Michael Fassbender. Is, I, I don't want to walk too fast away from, from the crater we just left about Sophie Turner. Because the guy playing Scott is doing a pretty fucking bad job too yeah like i wrote down the dialogue that that he has when he arrives at the school versus gene gray when like he's still like yeah his is i mean it should just be chucked into the trash there's there's nothing redeemable in that sequence it is like it is like a scene that was deleted from riverdale it's bad it's really bad yeah Uh, and the thing that i found like but i mean like the thing that was weird is like next to that guy she still looked bad like that's how like because, I mean, he is, he's not good, and he's next to Nightcrawler, who's also not good. And then, uh, what's her name? Was it Olivia Moon? Is that who played Psylocke? Uh, Olivia she, Moon is played by Psylocke. Which she is... seems to also be mailing it. Like, a lot of them just felt like they were like, yeah, I'll be in this because it'll be a big movie. And they got the script, and they were like, fuck, I already signed the contract, and this is terrible. Like, this is not a movie. And so they were like, well, I'm just not going to try because I don't. Nobody's gonna see this. This is. A and I've seen. Movie. I've seen Olivia Munn like give a good performance. You know, uh, I liked her in Newsroom. She's got. Oh, I'm not saying she's, she's a got bad ability. I'm saying in this movie, it felt yeah. Like she oh, was like, absolutely. I, just don't care. I guess that the rare reference I'm trying to make here is like I've seen her be competent. Yeah, but well, I felt the same thing about Michael Fassbender. Like he's a really good actor. And in this, like, when he's crying when his family died, I was like, well, this isn't very believable at all. <laughs> like, he, you know what I mean? Like, in the first one, when he's crying because he's, like, you know, uh, Professor X, like, unlocks his memories of in him remembering his family before they were killed in the Holocaust. And he starts crying. It's like, you can see, like, oh, this guy's in anguish. The scene where he's crying just felt like they were, like, we got, we got one take because we don't want to film this twice, so just good enough. You know what I mean? It just felt like everybody just thought... This is not a good movie. Like, but we're you should also obligated. You should also be banned from Hollywood as a director forever. Uh, I mean, well, this is weird to say because I was about to make a joke, but Brian Singer should just be banned for a variety. Yes, of reasons, he, but, he should be but, banned mostly uh, for all the mostly for all sexual the, practices. Yeah, mostly for all the assault. But uh, as a director, put that aside. You should be banned from 
being allowed to do other movies if you ever shoot a scene in which a character falls to their knees and screams into the sky. It's not allowed. It's not allowed. <laughs> it's so dumb. Fucking Magneto in that weird yeah. ass scene in the in in the forest. Well, that's... I mean, at least that scene was like new to some degree. Like a bunch of like guess, locals. But coming after magneto even that and, didn't feel like to me that that felt like i'd seen that in another movie yeah about but the x-men it, it, it was interesting i mean i guess maybe it was because of the respite from all the other like rehash shit that happened in the first like 45 minutes but him like you know being confronted in the woods and they all arrived there with like bows and arrows and no and no metal and like him sort of against the wall you know like a, and, and, and his daughter demonstrating some mutant ability for the first time it was it was interesting um but again it didn't it didn't take us somewhere interesting because again it just yeah, it just I mean, also, chucked it, it chucked like two movies worth of development of his character into the bin so he could be an apocalyptic genocidal well, maniac the, yeah the bad thing was like they were like it basically that scene was written him to have a family was written entirely just so he would go with apocalypse and it, it, there could have been plenty of other reasons for him to go if that's what they were yeah, going for it was it was it was most certainly the most irresponsible uh women in refrigerators uh uh syndrome that i've seen yeah. in a long long time also did you really like when first of all with a normal bow and arrow, like that guy just has like a string tied to a stick. That thing's not going to go far enough to go through anyone, let alone two separate people. Two whole people. But I did not realize his wife was dead at first because he runs over and grabs his daughter, and I thought he was crying because she because he he only says her name, and then all of a sudden I was like, oh, his wife died too, and I thought that dude really had that bow pulled back. <laughs> That's yeah. all I could think. And then even like him killing them. There's a lot of scenes in this movie where, like, things happen and people just fall over. Which is not a very interesting fight scene. You know what I mean? Like, give me something. I wanted him to turn around and do something with the the chain, you know, better than just, like, he slits all their throats. That's not... Like, that's not the kind of revenge you get after somebody just murdered your family when you can control metal. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, like, I, I feel mean, like compared... he should have like opened his pockets and like shown that he had like a bunch of ball bearings in his pants or something. You know what I mean? And just been like "fuck you" and like sort of like breaking all their something, anything. I, I agree. Interesting. I agree. More, more po- pocket marble scenes. <laughs> yes. Well, the thing that's weird is <laughs> no, but you're right. Like the sequence of him getting revenge on those escaped Nazis in South America was like a one thousand yes. times more interesting. Well, and then, like, the thing that was weird, too, is he then shows up at, like, the Ironworks, and he's like, I know you guys, some of you talk to the police. It's like, yes, the guy who was with them. You know which guy did it. Yeah. You're just going to murder all these people, and you have no idea whether any of them, but the dude who was with the police, who you already killed. It's and they all so bizarre. And they also were like, but we didn't do it. <laughs> he's yeah. just like, gonna... and then Apocalypse murders everyone, and he's like cool thanks uh i guess i'll come with you <laughs> yeah he doesn't have any reaction like that was my revenge or magneto is is you just would think... floating along in this movie until the end so he can kind of be a hero he, he's you would completely think... wasted you would think that would be a, a moment you know there's always a moment where like a character in the film is like i want revenge and then they're like they're placed in a position to see what revenge looks like and how gruesome and brutal and unpleasant it really is and it sort of changes their perspective right they're like i want revenge which feels like an honorable concept and then you realize that you have to go like kick a door down and shoot a pleading man in the eyes you know it's it's grim 
It's very yeah. grim. Like, I think of a thousand sequences in films where someone either does it and then feels immense regret or, or, or doesn't do it because of how the reality of the situation. But he watches these men that he worked with, presumably, for, like, it must have been at least eight years because his daughter is, like, eight years old. Um, yeah, she, and, she's very... They said it's been ten years. Yeah, so ten years. No one's kids, aged. Like, that quick. <laughs> yeah, no one's aged. So he's, he's known these men for... At, um, um, somewhere between like you know eight to eight years some some number he has to have some uh, emotion for them but he doesn't like they're, they're they're turned to literal dust their their bodies like twitching in the in like as they're breached into the floor of this facility and he's like oh dang and he like yeah he and he heads off and it was never clear that like when uh, when apocalypse was sort of enhancing their powers if he was like perhaps perhaps possessing or, or charming them in some Th- way that's that's the other thing is so it's the movie super starts unclear with apocalypse in egypt in ancient egypt where uh for some reason he hasn't built his magic pyramid he let a bunch of people build it with a fail safe that would let it be easily destroyed by two guys knocking down bricks which not a okay. great build i'm sorry but, please make your point and we have to circle back around to the, yes. uh, the egyptian death star sequence that we witnessed in the beginning of this movie but please go but, ahead like they never explain where he like where does see like in, in the comics apocalypse had he's augmented by alien technology he found he was the first mutant born in ancient egypt and he found this stuff which they retconned to be uh kang the conqueror's equipment from the future when he came back okay. in time and ruled Fair. as Ramesses the third, I think. And so that's supposed to be what and that's what keeps Apocalypse alive, is he he physically isn't what's keeping him alive. And he has like a bunch of mutant powers, none of which I think are the ability to control dirt. I don't remember that. <laughs> Shape shift and all sorts of other stuff. Yeah. And then he has this tech that augments his powers and he has to go into his Lazarus pit thing that, that keeps him alive, and that's why he disappears for long periods of time. Because otherwise he'll die just like an ordinary person. He needs this technology to basically keep him alive. They explain none of that in this movie. He just has this machine that lets him switch bodies. They don't explain how him switching his mind lets him keep all of his mutant powers. Instead of it just being like, why couldn't his original mutant power have been he can steal other people's mutant powers, but he kills them? Like, wouldn't that have made more sense? Yeah, and and that that would have made more sense, especially if you sort of showcased him you know stealing some powers or something you know and then the threat yeah. of him stealing the powers of the main characters would be would be interesting and 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 be be held above their heads as like the movie progressed yeah he's he's incapable of but none of that is described and and then like yeah and then his ability to enhance people's powers psylocke he just makes her you know side blade grow bigger which is never they don't that's not even her, her i don't think her blade actually cuts in the comics i think it's just psychic energy that knocks people unconscious but she gets that uh she make he makes storm more stormy i guess and then he somehow gives angel robot wings which they never explain and that's like i was like wow and like there's no stakes to the four horsemen like you know in the original x-men comic when he shows up angel has been in the x-men for decades you know he's been a part of the comic series he's this guy he goes and he gets tricked and he joins the four horsemen and so it's a big moment when they realize that like a former x-men is now serving apocalypse but since you don't know any of the characters he picks except for magneto you don't give a fuck 
know what I mean? There's no stakes to them turning evil because I don't even know who they are. Other than yeah. that, Storm is the worst thief I've ever seen in my life because she causes a storm and still can't snatch something off a table without the guy seeing her. I, yeah, this woman would have never lived that long. I also don't like fully understand his choices for like it was just Harold's. true. Of yeah, it's, it's just whichever people he met first. I get why you'd meet a person who could theoretically control storms, and that and that's good. And why you'd see that if you enhance their abilities into a powerful zone, that they could like you know bring a bring about destruction like of nature. But then it's like guy with wings sounds cool and i know in angels you know uh, an original you know uh one but then like yeah you meet like <laughs> psylocke it's like hey cool blade thingy can you do a flip neat all right yeah like come I'm along not dogging on like psylocke <laughs> but like you know and in and in the like original comics his four horsemen are like really confusing because like when they first introduced him i don't think it was supposed to be he was from egypt he was just supposed to be this mutant and he was called apocalypse so he had the four horsemen and they're the four horsemen from the bible you know, they're, they're famine, right. pestilence, pestilence yeah. death, and war. Uh, and so they debt. all have, like, powers that make sense for that. Mm -hmm. But, like... Flatulence, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, the usual, you know? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's like... This just seemed like he just picked the first five people he met. And, like, if Caliban had had any power other than a gun, I feel like maybe he could have gotten in on it. It was just, uh, like... And that was my whole... my my. my I have many, many complaints with this, but Apocalypse is pointless. The plot that he unveils is pointless, and his eventual defeat is pointless. the The, the movie just is like the story is the one of the worst stories I think I've ever seen in one of these X Men movies. And again, and to harp on some pretty rough ones. To harp on some points that, that we, we were talking about earlier, like like it makes the other movies nonsensical, not just because of plot holes and characters who literally like work together to save the world who would go on to not know each other at all in later films uh storm's a fucking piece of shit and you can't i can't believe you made me not like mohawk storm yeah. that's illegal <laughs> that's well, not allowed <laughs> she she's like she's like cool just murder everyone down for it and then and later she's like, never mind. It's earned. Like, yeah. And, and then Psylocke leaves like, she's still evil. And it's like, but why are we all of you okay with killing everyone? Because it's not like he says, I'm not going to kill mutants. Which, then it would kind of make sense. You know, you could maybe be like, yeah, mutants who have had their whole lives, you know, ruined by mankind. Or, would you know, maybe be like, yeah, death to all humans. But he's like, I'm going to kill every living person. And they're just like, okay, okay, cool, 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 cool. You know what I mean? Like, it's Storm all had friends. There was people living in that house with her, and she's just okay with all of them dying? Yeah. And it doesn't it, seem like they're going to get anything out of it, other than they just get to live with Apocalypse, who doesn't seem that great. He seems it, it, like a boring guy at a party. It's also really enjoyable to fathom that, you know, Magneto participated by working with a literal demigod to attempt to rip rip the very core of the planet into into debris that he that he pivots around the world at his at his own discretion effortlessly and then like you know <laughs> and like 15 years later he's like i have captured the statue of liberty <laughs> yeah it is it is and sort I, of weird and i'm going to be mean up here <laughs> like, well, that's... and that's the other thing that's very confusing is they never explain like 
Does he still have the power to basically stop the core of the Earth? It sure doesn't seem like he does. Because why doesn't he just do that all the time? It sure doesn't seem like he's got the power anymore. For for, for all we know... And also, Apocalypse was literally dripping in metal. (laughs) Why couldn't he have just, instead of throwing uh, eye beans at him, why didn't he just make all the metal go through his body? Because it was Egyptian stone metal, or whatever they say it was. Made made from the sweetest of all stones. But we gotta talk about the fucking opening, because I can't believe we rolled right past it, because I can't... I couldn't get past how much the opening made me want to quit the rest of the movie so quickly, which is a, a really... I mean, this is... There's so much bad CGI in this movie. Um, it's fine sometimes, and it's not as bad as it's been in other X-Men movie, mostly because of time. But there's so fucking much of it, and so many scenes have almost no human components that everything just looks wrong. And this was a big part of it. We sweep through, like, fake ancient Egypt, where, you know, Apocalypse is going through this ritual. Which, again, I can't believe that none of this shows up in anything from Egyptian culture. Like... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Regardless, um, Apocalypse is going through this ritual of stealing another mutant's power as a healing factor, I believe. And he is betrayed by a bunch of Egyptian soldiers. Just regular people. Uh, not not mutants. Just, just guys with sticks. And their attack tactic is they've hidden... <laughs> I can't get over it. They've no, they, hidden... They've, 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 not that they've hidden a trap. They've constructed what would be decades worth of work to yeah. create this trap they've built. They built a thermal exhaust port into the pyramids. Uh, Except to- for instead of a two meter by two meter <laughs> thermal exhaust port, it's uh, two tons worth of stone that slides down a slide that goes I, away from the pyramid and somehow breaks the pyramid. I couldn't figure that it's it sliding in the opposite direction. Yeah, they filmed it sliding in the wrong direction. It goes for like a mile of 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 like ramp which is like did no one ask about the ramp before um and it goes into a what appears to be a five thousand foot cavity into the earth which i'm pretty confident is not in the pyramids nor would yes. it have any reason to be there like what's that for and as soon as well, you they said, build it just to make the pyramid fall that's what i'm saying is it's like the a, suggestion a more, a, yeah the suggestion is that the, that the that the pyramids of egypt have basements which go down thousands of feet and and so the pyramids are not actually sitting on sand they're held up by like four pillars which if you nudge they completely collapse well, what the thing is that's insane is what? Later we see that the, the pyramid they're in is not one of the pyramids. It's not one of the like the great pyramids. It's just yeah. a pyramid in the middle of nowhere, it looks like. But he builds a, a pyramid himself later in the movie in, in two and a half minutes. So he still made slaves build this one, and then they were able to build in a failsafe to make it fall down, and he didn't notice? Like, this is the... I mean, it makes no sense. Because it's not like you can build a pyramid yeah. quickly. His you know historically they've taken quite a while to build that's sort of the point of them and it's just like so wild that they like somehow built in this secret thing which is being hidden by this is not a joke two rugs there's just like a shawl hanging over the stone which covers the fact they're just being held up by wood i could that when they pulled that down and they hit it and it started sliding i thought it was just gonna slide in front of the door you know to like seal him in the pyramid I was like I, the group I of thought, assassins. I thought no, it, was some... it destroyed the pyramid. 
I thought it was somehow like right above the entrance, and it was gonna like slide into the room. And, yeah, like, that's what I thought. He, I thought it was gonna just slide it in and, and, and like close him off, and then he'd be stuck in there with all the assassins. Yeah, and that yeah. was the plan or something. But instead, they've created. I mean, it's it's just so funny because the amount of engineering that would be required to go into this, and no one noticed during the construction that somebody was like, "What are these extra tunnels full of very loose uh, pieces of wood for?" Nothing. Don't just ignore those. Boy, this 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 single supporting pillar seems flimsy. And also, why not just build this on you know flat sand? I don't know. Like, like well, on Earth. Like, like, what are we doing? The thing that's oh also God. that I found hilarious about that scene is so he's got the four horsemen with him, uh, and just like six regular Joes attempt to kill Apocalypse, and. The first two are literally turned to dust by a guy, and they lose. These four guys, four they lo- mutants, they lose with the like fight. the ability to like melt stuff. One guy who has super strength, yeah. he catches a block and then is immediately crushed by the next. And then this woman who can create a force field, instead of I don't know, getting on top of Apocalypse and making a force field over both of you, she just lays there until she's crushed by rocks. Yeah, they all suck shit, and apparently they they and they, they never explain why he doesn't wake up. Yeah, he doesn't wake up until worked. he does. The reason why Apocalypse comes back to life is because Moira McTaggart didn't put a rug back when she went down into a cave. That's it. Like she had sunlight in, and that like turned on the machines, which brought no, I think him it was back supposed to life. To be them praying is what turned I, it on. I think I, I, they show the sunlight coming in through the entrance that she left open, and that suggests that that powered on the machinery, which brought which I mean, like cool of Apocalypse to be so green and have solar powered solar powered. Well, I mean, uh, he also machine. was anti nuclear war, so I feel yeah. like Apocalypse was only half bad. Misunderstood. Misunderstood. If he just didn't want to kill every living creature, he would have been not that bad actually. Uh, uh, so, oh, go ahead. What were you gonna say? I was just gonna say. I also. I don't accept this movie, which is demonstrably bad, daring to have its its actors suggest that Return of the Jedi is not a good movie. They can fuck yeah, off. I, they can fuck they were right like, off. Oh, the, thir- the thing that made me mad was two things. One, that this thing had the gall to insult Star Wars, like one of the Get greatest of film here. series of all time. Get out of here. If you the prequels or the sequels, knock yourself out. But then they had the gall to try to make a joke to be like, the third one's always the worst, to try to be like, ha-ha. But this is literally the this worst. Is this the is the third one, and it is bad. This, I would say this is worse than Last Stand, because Last Stand is funny to watch. Because it's really I, bad, but it's, like, funny how bad it is. I, this I one is just be in some agreement. I mean, there's, like, moments in it where, like, I can see the inspiration. You know, when they're all standing, when, when, when Apocalypse and the Horsemen are standing on that, like, rocky crevice, uh, and they bring, Meg, or they bring, um uh xavier there and they're all sort of standing in different action poses i'm like this seems like it's right out of like a 90s comic to me and i can see why you know fans of that like era of comics might be able to like get on this roller coaster i I feel like if you are a fan of 90s x-men this movie would have enraged (laughs) you beyond all belief because it is it is like an affront to everything which was great about 90s x-men yeah and and a lot of it is is that it visually tries to capture sort of like a lot of like the um the costuming and like the uh and 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 kind of like the like the posturing and some of the action and it kind of fails but it but it specifically fails at 
any concept of story or character development or interesting dialogue or interesting turns of events like nothing well, happens in this movie there, there's so much of this movie that doesn't need to be in the movie at all like there's just so much stuff that happens that serves no purpose there's no reason for the mansion to explode it, it never pays like nothing with the mansion exploding yeah. matters for the rest of the movie it's in there solely so we can get another quicksilver bit that they did in days of future past except for this one is is if like it was directed by the guy who did the mask because like at one point he like stops to like pretend like he's dancing with a woman this building's exploding and there's people inside why is he stopping to do bits you know what i mean like it makes no sense and he shows up like instantly and they're like nope havoc died i was like havoc was the same distance away from the explosion as everyone else like I, hank I, was standing next to him if havoc's dead hank's dead but hank lives so havoc's still in there somewhere i genuinely thought i remembered him being rescued in that sequence but i must have just no. not been paying attention it's and, and the thing i just couldn't believe every time they like showed they tried to do the thing of like him stop like at one point he stops and like drinks a part of a coke and then like has some pizza uh it's tab i was like, I was thank like, you is... but i was like this is so dumb who is watching this and is dying laughing and if that's you you need to see a therapist because there's something wrong with you it's so i could not believe... and it's really long and it's so dumb and he keeps making like jim carrey faces during it which was also weird and i thought boy what a waste of time nothing happened in that little did i know that i forgot about the striker part of this movie where uh 15 to 20 minutes of the movie takes place in strikers canada base for zero payoff it has no stakes and nothing that happens and it matters if you were to not watch that scene and they were just all of a sudden in a plane you wouldn't even actually if you were to stop before the explosion and then just cut to the end when they're in the plane you just think they got in a plane and you know you would be like ah, weird cut it's so pointless. The striker thing, I could not believe how long it was. Also... And it, it's it's in there just so we can see Wolverine. Which, at this point, you don't... You know, they didn't have to shoehorn him into everything. No, it's exhausting. I mean, I, I guess, I suppose I like the weird Weapon X look of Wolverine. It's fun. And he fights, you know, in the more brutal way that I missed during the Wolverine. Um, but yeah, he... He, he, he randomly appeared. Also, how is he fucking there? Because this movie forgot about its own fucking predecessor. Because at the end... Because we, we didn't do... Um, we did a, a Days of Future Past pretty recently. So I, I, I had to go look this up to make sure I wasn't misremembering. But I'm not. At the end of Days of Future Past, like Wolverine was like... Remember he was like twisted up in rebar? And he was like chucked into, yes. the, o- into the river? And then like uh, you see... Mystique picks him up? Yeah, yeah initially you see striker pick him up and then they they suggest with the yellow eyes that it's mystique but mystique is like disinterested in like hanging out with mutants so what would she well, she's she's just showing doing? up to help mutants get, get like disappear and go places so it is weird it's like she rescued wolverine and then just left him it doesn't make any sense and then the other thing that doesn't make any sense is uh i feel like in x-men 2 they established that was just like in the early 90s that he's turned into weapon x like that it's not that long ago because it doesn't seem like it's that long ago in the flashbacks no and so i don't know the whole thing and i'm pretty sure in the flashback what's his name is an old man already but i digress the thing that i just couldn't believe was like they put that in there and then you sort of realize how creepy the gene wolverine 
romances when he's like staring at a teen who's what's supposed to be a teenage girl it's yeah like, this girl's supposed to be like 17 years old and you are according to the x-men mythos 200 some years old at this point which now that i think about it is pretty gross yeah i mean him just being an adult and her being a teenager is gross but this is like twilight weird where it's like a, a really old person super into a really young person where it's just like oh, i don't like this but it's like very weird when they did that moment because i was like i they shouldn't have done this this seems really weird that he's like instantly attracted to a teenager it, I don't know, it just felt so out of place. And I felt bad, because you know Jackman probably had to starve himself because he was shirtless, you know? It just feels like a <laughs> lot of work for a shitty cameo. Uh, yeah, I, I find it I find it pretty fucking baffling over and over again uh, how they try to line these movies up, too. Because um, I, I believe Magneto's free again in the next movie, and... I mean, I've we've been. Well, he's to... he he's allowed to go because Professor Xavier told the world that he helped stop Apocalypse. Ah, and cool. They just believed him. That's that's what they say in the op- in the ending. There's a news story, and they say, uh, "Known terrorist Eric Leshner helped save the world," and people are surprised. It's like, okay, but I mean, but... I don't think they're still going to let go of the point where he tried to murder the president that's still a crime there's no statute of limitations on attempted murder especially this, of the this, president of a country this movie's like biggest crime is just that like it, it's you've seen everything in here before it's just worse mm-hmm. here i mean you've seen them in a jet that they then like use for 12 seconds and then abandon and it explodes you've you've seen them go to project x head laboratory for the last fucking time and wolverine gets out and kills a bunch of people you've seen it over and over and over we're just going back there again for no reason just like you said i mean you fucking seen like like cyclops be worried about his eyes uh, and and what destruction he might rot you know you've fucking seen like uh, uh charles xavier be like magneto no this time don't be a dick uh, uh, you've seen them, like, do all of this fucking shit over and over again, and it's just, it's the same ingredients. They've just, they've just grown, yeah. they, they, they just got moldy with time, and they're less and fun then, like, now. What's confusing with this is, it's setting up the next movie, which is Dark Phoenix, which means these movies now no longer take place in the same, the same time frame as the X-Men movies, because that happened already. Or I guess maybe the implication's supposed to be because of Days of Future Past, all these movies take place in an alternate timeline. Because sure. if he travels back to sure. the future, everybody's still alive. <laughs> Let's go with that. Yeah, maybe I'm giving the maybe I'm not giving the writers enough credit, or I've just created a loophole for them. But I, I don't know. There's just the other thing too that there's like so much. It just I don't know. This to me was the epitome of like just showing how bad the writing was in this movie. Quicksilver shows up in the beginning. His mom's like, "Oh, you're gonna go after him, aren't you?" And he said, "Yeah, I want to go tell him that I know he's my father now." And he's like, all right, cool. He goes and shows up in time to see the explosion and saves everyone. And then they go and he goes to help Raven try to find Magneto. And in a moment where Magneto is destroying the earth and all of human all of all living beings, he won't just say, yeah, he's my dad. He's like, I'm going to tell him later. I don't want to bother. I don't want to bother. Why him. set up the perfect mo- like, like the perfect reveal that then would have made sense for Magneto to stop? 
if he had been like you're my dad and then magneto realizes oh my god i have a literal family still like i have a I'm chance so- to look to go he's back, you know, busy to maybe pick back a small part of myself no nope. i'll let i'll let him finish destroying tokyo and then we'll chat okay just- yeah it was just and it's just such bad writing because i'm like that's and that would have made because really all that happens is he sees him choking raven who he's already sort of he knows she's not going to live through this you know what i mean it's not like he thinks all the x-men are going to make it through the end of the world which is currently happening while they try to kill apocalypse he knows they're all going to die including he knows xavier is is dying as he speaks as he's sitting there he thinks he's being killed right then and is doing nothing and then all of a sudden he just decides nah, never mind and there's no there's nothing on it that really explains his turn and that's what like the whole problem is the movie is it's just things just happen to happen so that th- the scenes can happen and then none of them can beat him just so they can have the dark phoenix shows up and like earlier xavier's like oh man we got to be careful because you know gene's got some secret power and then at the end he's like just let it go what if that power were to have killed way more you don't know what it does like you know what i mean it's so irresponsible just to be like just let it go let it go we'll we'll figure out it'll probably kill him i don't know it's just so like lazy in the writing and that's that's really why i hated it no yeah i mean i i, I no arguments in in any sense i mean there, there's very little to enjoy here i mean I read like Roger Ebert's review that that mentioned that it was like visually stunning and fun, and that the disagree the the Quicksilver um, uh, moment in the mansion is uh, can't be missed, and I, I disagree there as well. <laughs> yes, you could easily miss it, or there's a chance if you saw Days of Future Past, you've already seen it. Yep, because yep. it's basically the same thing, just less fun. Uh, again, this is just this is just recycling uh, with, with yeah. This, this it's, this it's, movie, it's re-laundered scripts that you've already seen that have, have have lost their color over time this felt very much like x-men origins wolverine like it it was just this felt like just a cash grab like they were like if we put out an x-men movie people will see it and somebody was like here's a script and instead of reading it and being like this isn't very good they just said okay you've got a full script make a movie because it's it's a it's a bad movie by all definitions of how movies are made it it has a bad plot a lot of the actors don't care it's not particularly well directed the special effects are okay they're not like mind-blowing the yeah so i mean it's just it's so weird that they made it it felt it felt a lot like wolverine origins just because it's really bad and unenjoyable to watch also you know you sort of rocket from scene to scene with almost no connective tissue you know you're just sort of like uh, 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 just being chucked from moment to moment. That's yeah, like, that's the like only the connection the is, is they want you to be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the the reason each scene happens is because the writer needs them to be there. Doesn't need to make any sense. So yeah, it's it's shit. Well, I guess this comes to the end, and which is Ben, would you recommend people watch X Men Apocalypse? You know, it's it's really challenging to correctly answer this question i mean for me it's like a no but you know if you dig up reviews people you know people i think tend to agree this is like the weaker of the sort of when this came out the three like uh first class like sequence franchise of movies um but they don't hate it the same way that like last stand was pretty reviled 
So, I mean, if, 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 if you've listened this far and haven't gotten angry and thrown your phone to stop listening to this episode, then no, you shouldn't listen to it. If you were irritated by our criticisms 10 minutes in and you're not here any longer, then you're probably going to enjoy it. <laughs> I, I would know? argue that, like, I, I just, I mean, X-Men 3 is not a good movie. It's really terrible. You can listen to our episode and maybe I, maybe it's not as fun. I, I'm thinking I actually hated it when we watched it again, but I just feel like this is just such a waste. There's no reason to watch it. There's uh, almost every X-Men movie is better than this. Just watch one of those instead. It, this is just the only movie I can imagine is worse than this is Dark Phoenix, which I've never seen. But eventually we'll have to watch for this podcast. Heyo. But that's the only re- that's the only X-Men movie I can assume is definitively worse because it was like universally hated. So But yeah, I would say ne- never watch this. Uh, yeah, I think that's, I think it's a fair statement. And um, sorry, um, uh, generally, uh, sorry, uh, man, post. I, I was trying to think of another joke, but I, I just sort of a wash with feelings about my my murdered daughter and, and wife. So, <sighs> do, you, do do you think you could get over that by next episode? Because you're really bringing the podcast down. Yeah, hold on, let me try it. Okay, yeah, I'm good. Uh, well, this was a pretty pretty bad comic book movie. <laughs> but guess what? Next episode, we're doing another bad comic book movie. Because that's what we do. He's back. I'm back, baby.